warm brains and cold hearts. Warm brains, cold hearts. I just thought maybe if you were going to eat some brains that you would warm them up. Oh, yeah. Um, Like in the microwave or something. Yeah. Like that movie, Microwave Massacre. (laughs) There's Actually, that's a terrible movie. You shouldn't see it. It's poorly made, poorly acted, and one of the most misogynistic things I've ever seen. So, uh, just from the title of it, it doesn't sound <laughs> like it exists, but oh, that's... it's a real movie. Yeah, Microwave Massacre. Total wow. shit. citizens of earth welcome to the accelerative thrust podcast i'm dan and i'm eric and today we're going to talk about records not just any records but two records uh one that uh from each myself and eric uh one that i've been into the last week and one that eric has been into the last week uh we're also going to be reviewing not one not two but three releases from local record label Pokey Records. Um, they're all short and sweet. I promise you that. Also, just a reminder, if you have any suggestions on any records for us to review, uh, guests to have on, or if you're in a local band and you have any shows coming up, feel free to contact us on Instagram or Facebook. We have official pages on both platforms. Uh, message or comment. Also, just a reminder, this podcast is available on Transistor, Spotify, and Content Made Right, and currently also on Google and Amazon. So if you search for us on any of those platforms, you may find us to listen to us. So let's go Mm -hmm. ahead and get to some current events. What do you think, Eric? Okay, hit me. All right. I've done no research, so these are (laughs) straight hot takes for me. I mean, to be honest, uh, I haven't done uh, a fair share either, but oh. uh, I'm going to start off with the first one, uh, mm-hmm. which is actually a sad one, oh. uh, which is um, Norm McDonald passed away uh, this past week mm-hmm. at the age of 61, I believe, mm-hmm. um, from cancer. And uh, I got to say that that that's a big deal to me. Um, I actually didn't appreciate Norm Macdonald's comedy until fairly recently. I, I have to admit, I was kind of late in the game. I remember uh, the first time that I saw Norm Macdonald was uh, I, probably like a lot of people my age on uh, Weekend Update when he took over from mm-hmm. uh, uh, for Kevin Nealon on Saturday Night Live. And I, you know, at that time, it, that that style of comedy was just um going over my head Mm -hmm. but i started to um appreciate him more and more what really got me was the uh roast of bob saget on Mm -hmm. comedy central where he came out and he did these uh purposely bad jokes that you know he knew were going to bomb and then he just he still insisted on getting like every time he told a bad joke Everybody in the audience and everybody who was sitting in the roast chairs, like Gilbert Gottfried, and Mm -hmm. I don't remember who else was there. They were just kind of like staring at him like, am I supposed to laugh or not? And he was just completely committed to each joke. 
And I thought it was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Eric, uh, what, what is your uh, history with Norm MacDonald? Are, are you a big Norm MacDonald fan? I, yeah, I'm a pretty big Norm MacDonald fan. Uh, actually, Dirty Work is one of my favorite movies. I wish that um, maybe it would have been uh, more well-received uh, and, and viewed. Uh, you know, I think that it's a movie that a lot of people didn't think was very good, but I absolutely love it. Like, I don't know. There's so many quotes that I say all the time, just in my real life, like, hello, real cops. Very funny (laughs) in the movie. It's very funny. Me saying it isn't that funny, but um, yeah, I love that movie. I love uh, his delivery. I actually got to see him here uh, at the Riverside Casino a few years back. And he sort of did an entire set of that sort of extremely clean humor. I think he said a lot of them came from like a joke book that um, either he found or inherited from, you know, a long time ago. And so the jokes were super not funny. And I would say that maybe a third of the audience left. Um <laughs> And it was awesome. My wife told me a story about um, she thought it was in the 90s that Norm came to Iowa City and performed at the IMU. And uh, he didn't realize it was a family friendly function and was super dirty. And so a bunch of people left for the exact opposite reason, which I think is great. If you can clear a room in in multiple ways, you know, if you have more than one (laughs) way to do that, I think that's pretty cool. And um, I just think he was really funny. And I think he was really committed to traditional kind of stand-up comedy, meaning everything that's uttered and everything that happens is an opportunity to make a funny joke. It wasn't even like he was always on or something. He was just such a naturally funny person that transcended just being on stage and just being on the screen or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's a big hit. And I actually didn't even know... um, that he was sick. I don't know if he really made that very uh, well known or not. So it was kind of a surprise to, to see that come up on my screen. So, yeah, yeah, everybody has been saying that, that, but I guess he had cancer for nine years. Wow. Um, that's, that's just insane mm-hmm. that he was able to kind of keep that private for that long, considering how famous of an individual he is. But I think, the other thing about uh, Norm Macdonald is that, like you were talking about the clean jokes, mm-hmm. he really is like the only comedian that can pull that off and still be funny, I think. You know, there's also some great YouTube clips that I would recommend our listeners to check out of him basically harassing guests on Conan. He was like a favorite uh, guest on Conan. Yeah. And... It, it really it really shocked me when I found out that he passed away yeah. and uh, celebrity deaths. I tend to kind of just react to, OK, well, they're gone. And right. this one I've really been thinking about, like about how much I really enjoyed Norm Macdonald, like yeah, watching his his routines. It felt like hanging out with an old friend or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, he, he just kind of uh, seemed to portray that sort of a uh, feeling. So. 
rest in peace, Norm McDonald. And then this also is not really a laughing matter uh, at all. Faith No More and Mr. Bungle uh, pulled out of um, not only the Riot Fest dates that they were supposed to play, but also all of their tour dates that they had Hmm. scheduled in the future. From my understanding, Mike Patton, well, it wasn't Mike Patton. I don't remember who actually released the official statement. It This pandemic uh, caused uh, a lot of um, negative effects on Mike's mental health so that he had to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that it brings up a really interesting, an interesting point. Uh, and we've talked about this a little about, um, you know, uh, shows coming back and how that ways to approach that and how this is all very real and that, you know, it really does have an effect on, you know, in, in different ways with different Mm -hmm. people, but it really can have an effect on people mentally. And um, so I wish well for Mike Patton. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too bad that he's going through that, but I think it's a good thing to, to take care of yourself and be mm -hmm. confident in taking steps to do that. You know, yeah, because those are big shows. There's a lot of people involved. I mean, I'm sure that it's not something that uh, was taken lightly, you know, from the from the other band members to the crew, to the venues, to the fans. I mean, that's a lot of people that you would probably feel like you're letting down in in a certain way. But it's way more important to survive this than to feel like you have to make anyone else happy. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just goes to show too that um, celebrities or, you know, if, if you want to call Mike Patton a celebrity, um, you know, well, but I think to us and our listeners, to, it's yeah, a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. To, to us. I mean, he's definitely a, a famous musician. That's for right. sure. It, it affects them too. You know, it's yeah. not just us. It's not just, uh, you know, the um, people who are working day to day, nine to five jobs. It's also like celebrities. Everyone gets affected. At the end of the day, we all get affected differently, but we're all human too. So, mm-hmm. so. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then the last bit of current events here mm-hmm. um, that I just think is uh, the weirdest stuff. Um, and I'm into weird news. Uh, scientists at the University of Manchester mm. have now developed a way to potentially overcome the problem of transporting a single brick to mars costing more than a million british pounds wow (laughs) and that is by creating a concrete like material made of extraterrestrial dust along with the blood sweat and tears blood sweat and tears of astronauts uh a protein from human blood combined with urine sweat and tears could glue together simulated moon or mars soil to produce a material stronger than ordinary concrete perfectly suited for construction work in extraterrestrial environments wow meaning that they're talking about setting up affordable housing in outer space wow that's pretty interesting it's very interesting So so the astronauts don't have to build the things too right like if they're basically sucking all of the juice out of the astronauts, they're not like, going to have much energy to build houses. Like, I think it would be so funny if it was just as simple as like, all right, 
come over here. Uh, we're yeah. going to slash you. Yeah. You know, take the knife and strap pull out the astronaut sucker. <laughs> It'd be so great if it was just that barbaric, like of how they're doing it. Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be funny, but. So this is hypothetical. We can make fun of it as much as we want, right? So I didn't even <laughs> that's true. So it, okay, this is in the article. It says that means that future Martian colonists mm-hmm. cannot bring their building materials with <laughs> with I love the way that they just were like Martian Colin. So Martians can't bring their sorry, you guys can't bring your own materials with you. Well, but everything's made out of human excrement for the lack of a better term, right? Yeah, like yeah. Waste. Yeah. So you can't bring your own blood in your body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what are that that feels like a ripoff to me. You can only bring three ounces of tears on the flight there. Okay. So this, so this is interesting. It's okay. So they demonstrated that the common protein from blood plasma, which is human serum albumin. Oh, uh, I know Sarah albumin. I think she went to high school with me. <laughs> so now we're so they're they're just speaking in last name code. Yeah. Uh it could act as a binder that i mean well i just i said that like a trapper keeper it's just completely like (laughs) blows dude that's what they're really doing is they're fucking making trapper keepers and they're bringing them back only two million dollars a pop and to sell them they're saying that they're made from they're they're making them from human blood urine and uh sweat and tears and Mm -hmm. they're from space i mean who wouldn't want a trapper keeper at that point I mean, I already thought that's how Trapper Keepers are made. So (laughs) I can't wait to live in an astronaut blood building on Mars. (laughs) Astronaut blood building. I didn't even even know that was going to be a possibility in my life. I wonder if it's like the concrete's going to like look like blood, like if it's still going to have like blood stains. Oh, the picture I'm looking at just, yeah, kind of looks not to be gross. It kind of looks like a turd. It does. Yeah. 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 I'm, lo- I'm looking at it right now, actually. But it does kind of have a rusty blood color to it, too. Wow. Just the fact that this show just became obscene, by the way. <laughs> just did? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a while back. <laughs> oh. It's just, it's so crazy that. Well, that here's my issue with the whole that thing. That reality is even happening. Why don't we just What's do that? this here? Yeah, that's a good point. That's like a everyone's really good point. whizzing and crying and bleeding all the time. Like, why don't we just turn it into buildings for people that don't have anywhere to live? Like, not to be all America first or whatever, but like, <laughs> let's build some houses here before we build them on Mars. But in that situation, America first is totally justified, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all the way to space now. Yeah. It's it's like so well, yeah uh, earth first let's say earth first yeah <laughs> earth first yeah there we go earth yeah. first if you want to get conspiratorial about it mm-hmm. um you could I say <laughs> that their that their plan is that they're going to um send all of the uh people that live in uh, affordable housing on earth to space and so earth will just be occupied by rich people and then space will be for the poor people. Could you imagine that? Wow. Uh, well, we don't. Hmm. 
we don't really have a middle class anymore, at least in America. So right. yeah, it's going to be much more populated on Mars than it is Earth. Oh right? yeah. So it'll be a planet of blood. <laughs> I mean, cause it's red. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they That's why it's the, the red planet, planet of blood? Oh my God. That's why it's the red planet. Yes. So why wouldn't they choose the planet? Why wouldn't they choose the planet of blood for the poor people? The planet of blood. (laughs) The planet of blood, dude. I love it. I know. Um, That's that's what it is. Planet of blood. That would be Now we're into some John Carpenter territory. Yeah, this is this is getting really really good and the fact the that the buildings are made of human blood it, we're almost in cronenberg territory so sweet so yeah this movie is going to be really good yeah i can't wait to see it so. i mean i'd rather see it as a movie than reality probably yeah it's and so honestly, weird the idea of shipping poor people off to space just has this i don't know slightly elitist uh, feel to it <laughs> like yeah. it feels just a little um classist you know yeah we would just <laughs> a little just a little just a little uh but anyway yeah. <laughs> from all of that <laughs> that will be the final nail in the coffin of the elite and the poor because then yeah. each section of the human race by class will have their own planet it hmm. sounds joyful in a way. But here's the thing. But then, How will the rich exploit the poor if they're on another planet? Who's going to work for them? Uh, maybe they'll find a way to like spy on them through their blood or something. I don't know. Wow. See, I don't I know. Mean, who, no, I mean, to... you get, I, I mean, it, to really think about <laughs> like things like that, you, you do have to just go there. You do have to just be like, okay, I'm going to really put on the tinfoil hat you know what i mean well like, i mean here's the thing though is it's just going to be robots right the answer is always going to be robots <laughs> well they, that's the answer to everything yeah how are you going to pull that off fucking robots i mean that's the only robots <laughs> dude if any like the secretary of defense answered any question that way whatever administration that they're working for whatever has my support if they answer <laughs> fucking robots to any question it doesn't even matter it's like yeah. okay so how are we gonna how are we gonna distribute enough money to the poor fucking robots <laughs> well i don't know how Maybe are we gonna then, clean I up would, all these huh? blood bricks everywhere? <laughs> 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 fucking robots blood br- dude uh, putting blood in front of any sort of physical thing mm-hmm. it just sounds great doesn't it blood robots yeah, you're right. Let's it works. <laughs> let's go on to uh, review our blood <laughs> records. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, we kind of changed up a little bit. Uh, this is going to kind of be the uh, new format, if you will. Uh, but just to explain, to give you some context, from now on. Um, Eric and I are only going to review one record a piece every mm-hmm. week. And then we're going to talk more about the local scene and the local releases that we review and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The one record of course, is just going to be uh, a random record that we uh, each have been digging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically going to be the same thing we've been doing. Just, you know, we're only going to do one record instead of the uh, two that we have been doing mm-hmm. a piece. So 
Um, I am going first this week. And the one record that I uh, am or have been digging and am still digging uh, because I've listened to it several times at this point is from a group called Sweeping Promises. And the name of the record is Hunger for a Way Out. Uh, Our uh, good friend or enemy, depending on who you talk to, Chuck Moore is the one who actually recommended this uh, release to me. So uh, that probably changed your review, didn't it, Eric? Yeah, I'm rewriting my notes right now. <laughs> Everything. Uh, but um, Sweeping Promises, I don't know much about this band. The only information that I was able to get on them is that they are originally from Arkansas, and eventually they relocated to Boston. And I think it only consists of two members, or at least that's all the info I was able to dig up uh and the two members are caulfield and lena and i'm not sure if that's first names or last names um but that's all i was able to find but apparently they are what's actually known as serial band starters do you know what that means eric no so basically i guess what that means is i guess for lack of a better way to to describe it um uh is that they kind of basically uh release uh, they have a, uh, several different projects under different names, mm. uh, but it's the same two people. So it's basically mm. like you could say like the same band, but with a different name. And so I guess Sweeping Promises is kind of like the latest in their projects that they've been doing. Uh, but um, Sweeping Promises, my first impression of this album is that it is very, it has a very robotic but jangly feel to it. Um, and it's also just very catchy and very danceable, but also pretty lo-fi, um, not extremely lo-fi. It's not to the point where, you know, it uh, sounds like uh, smoke is coming out of the monitors or something. It's got pretty, uh, you know, pretty good production on it, but it definitely has like sort of a low fineness to it. And it's, Basically, the best way that I would describe this is uh, it's just excellent post-punk and really good songwriting. Um, I will say that at times um, throughout the entire album, it reminds me a lot of Blondie. Uh, Her voice uh, 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 reminds me a lot of um, Debbie Harry, at least from the first like couple of Blondie records. Mm -hmm. That being said, they're far from like a Blondie ripoff or anything like that, because there's a lot more going on than that. They, I think they're a little more punkier than Blondie was and more rocking at times as well. Uh, there's other parts of the album that kind of reminds me of like musically anyway, of like Pixies, um, especially the guitars and bass. But then there's also... Um, in particular, the last song has a major new wave elements going on, like Devo or Tube Way Army. Um, I actually hear a lot of Tube Way Army in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of synths going on, uh, but it's just very catchy and it's very, very fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um I guess another group that this sort of reminds me of is the sounds. I don't know if Hmm. Everybody out there remembers that long lost band, but even like stuff like 
I don't know, like sometimes her voice, I know that I just said it reminds me of Debbie Harry, but also there's times where it reminds me of like maybe Pat Benatar a little bit or something like that. So I would say if you're a fan of new wave post-punk, all the bands I mentioned, um, I think that this is the album for you. And personally, I think the best track on the entire record is the opening title track. And I think it's also the foundation for the rest of the record. And every record is just consistently as good as that opening track, as far as I mm-hmm. am concerned. Uh, what did you think of this, Eric? Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I was um, surprised by how much I liked it. Like, not that I didn't expect to, I just never heard of it. And um, yeah, it kind of pains me to say all this, knowing that Chuck is the reason that you picked it. Um, but I'll get over it because it has, it is really good. Um, my, the biggest vibe I got from it was the young marble giants. I mean, mm. it just, a lot of it sounds like young marble giants, like how the really, the bass is really, and I mean the electric bass, not the frequencies. Um, I'm making that distinction because my next pick, we're going to talk about bass in a different way. Um, right. But the electric bass pretty much carries all the songs. This is all very bass forward. And that's exactly how Young Marble Giants is. Like, it's the bass. And then you have other things on top of it. And I get that same feeling from this. But not only that, I get a big old uh, Devo feel out of this whole thing, too. And I don't mean just it sounds like new wave and devo is shorthand for new wave i mean the arrangements are Mm devo-esque there's surfy guitars there's tons of ring modulator on the guitars and the synths like like the song mongoloid or mechanical man some of those early devo tracks i mean the sounds are right there so this just, for the most part, comes off feeling like if you mixed early Devo with Young Mar- Young Marble Giants, which anyone that knows me knows that that recipe couldn't be better, honestly. That's like right. the two best things that could ever go together. As far as just how things are put together, like I said, I love the arrangements. I love the synths for what they are. Sometimes they're, they sound like organs and sometimes they sound like big fat 80s synths but sometimes they're a little more ethereal and and pretty at times um but this is very angular stuff at the end of the day um Mm -hmm. the vocals are really nice and i think i had debbie harry kind of as the middle ground Mm -hmm. but definitely um allison statton from young marble giants definitely in there and then when it gets a little weird and a little of that super high pitch stuff um it sounds a lot like dale uh bazio from missing persons um Mm -hmm. and so you get a lot of different vocal styles out of this one singer and they're all really good and they match the music really well um but yeah i really loved it and i would say that yeah like if like dan said if you like the stuff we mentioned There's not, I don't want to say this in a way that sounds negative. There's not a lot hidden here. This is all pretty surface. And sometimes that's exactly what needs to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. because it makes it fun and it makes it interesting and it makes it 
on purpose. There's really not a lot of screwing around here. Yeah. Just good songs presented. Well, um, the lo-fi element of it. I really dig it. It sounds like they mic'd a room. And I think that Mm -hmm. is important because in a world where everyone just plugs straight into their interface, you miss that ambient room sound. And this definitely has it. Everything's bleeding into everything else. And it sounds perfect. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it, Eric. It, yeah. um, uh, my takeaway from your review, I need to listen to more Young Marble Giants. Yeah, I would say um, so. <laughs> and then also, um, I think you are totally dead on about they are a band or a project. I'm not sure if this is a band that they're going to continue doing or, you know, uh, what the plans are for sweeping promises in the future, mm-hmm. but, uh, this project anyway, um, I think that they wear their influences on their sleeve and mm-hmm. they just, they don't make any, uh, yeah, there's no secrets. You're exactly right. It's just, um, th- what basically what you see is what you get with sweeping yeah. promises. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. So my pick this week is um, by The Bug. And if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, uh, there was a time period where I think The Bug got mentioned every single episode for like four or five episodes in a row. So much so that I had to stop mentioning The Bug on purpose. I had to make a concerted effort to stop mentioning The Bug. But the Bug, uh, also known as Kevin Martin, has a new record out uh, called Fire. Came out just recently, uh, within the last couple of weeks, um, and it's the first solo The Bug record since 2014. So there are two other Bug releases during that time, but they were both sort of like. Um, uh, collaborations basically is how you could say sure. it. so this was the first one in a while where it's just kevin martin coming out with some dub and it's heavy you're gonna hear me say the word heavy probably about 40 times in the next two minutes and that's because it is it is outrageously heavy and by heavy i mean the weight of the subject matter, the weight of the sound, the weight of the atmosphere. It's all just very intense. Um, Mm -hmm. But first, I'll start with the heaviness of the bass. This is seriously some of the hardest hitting, heaviest bass I've ever heard in my life. I don't, like I've mentioned before, I like to listen to music in my car, my car has a tiny, tiny subwoofer, but it makes it enjoyable for things that have some bass. This record, I felt like my rear view mirror was going to shake off. And that's insane considering I only have a six and a half inch subwoofer. <laughs> like yeah. I couldn't turn the bass down enough to, to hear the rest of the music almost. And I don't, I didn't listen to it in headphones or on my computer speakers or whatever, but there are times there are complete tracks that I can't even make out other sounds other than the bass. There'll be some sort of sounds in there, but it's not even like music. You get some hi-hats, drums, things like that, but for the most part, it's just the shaking bass. And I do feel like the sounds that are there, they're like, they're there to disorient you. They're there to um, make you feel 
ill at ease. Like, I don't want to say that they sound like alarms. That's not what I'm trying to say. And what I mean by that is like when Public Enemy came out, I think it sounded so incendiary and so revolutionary because Terminator X was creating actual alarms. You know, like every song just sounded like a fire alarm. And so that's not exactly what's happening here, but it has that same feel to it. Um, Yeah, it's grimy. It's plodding. It has like a stalking feel to the whole thing. Like it just is insatiable in its need to devour. I know that this sounds really poetic, but it's like, that's because I can't put into words how ominous this record is. And it does have sort of verging on a cheesy sort of um, post-apocalyptic storyline. I don't know if that goes through the whole thing, but the first and last track sort of bookend this Blade Runner vaccine sort of Black Mirror thing. I don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. It it is sort of cheesy, but it adds to the ominous element of the whole thing. Um, All the guest vocals are sick. You have tons of people on here Mm -hmm. that are just awesome. And a lot of them I've never heard of. Some of them I have, like more mothers on there. Mm -hmm. But they're all super great. I I would say that without the um, guest vocals on these tracks, this would actually be a pretty hard record to listen to because mm-hmm. it would just be vibrating bass. And so, right. um, but yeah, I can't really say enough about it. I think it is amazing. I think it's probably the grooviest, heaviest dub I've heard up to this point. And I think it's gonna push the genre in as far as grime goes anyway um and i also think it's cool because right now the bug is getting a lot of of attention for this record and sometimes that happens like usually someone that's been around for a while uh the media at large starts to get hint of them when they start to make things that are a little more palatable but i think that this is becoming popular and it's mentioned by a lot of people, a lot of podcasts, magazines, reviews, and it's the heaviest thing that he's done. So I think that is pretty sweet because I think most of the reviews have been really positive. So yeah, sorry to go off a little bit too much on that, but I have honestly been waiting for this record for like six years. So anyway, what do you think, Dan? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no problem. Go off uh, <laughs> as much as you want about it. It uh, Everything you said is true. I mean, it's a very chaotic production. Um, like you said, the album seems to touch on themes. Uh, definitely it touches on, you know, the pandemic. I don't know if he's directly, uh, whoever the guest vocalist is that starts off the um, the album. I'm not sure if they're touching on this pandemic specifically, but certainly sounds like it. Cause like you said, there's sort of like a, uh, it seems to be kind of like a, yeah, like you said, a Blade Runner. Um, it seems to kind of convey images of like a world in the future where everything is just basically humanity as we know it has disappeared. Yeah. And there's definitely some stuff about climate change and just overall apocalyptic bleak subjects. But yeah, the production is just very, very dark and yes, heavy electronic noisy sounds um i think that 
they it does sound like sirens mm-hmm. a lot yeah it does yeah. sound like warning sirens and it does sound like i mean on uh just on the track clash which has this uh right guest mc logan ohm mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm saying that i mean i'm i'm assuming that's right but i don't know for sure um it literally sounds like the bass or whatever sound he's making with whatever <laughs> instrument or whatever plugin he's using or whatever it is. I don't even know what, what he's using. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds literally like a bomb going off. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it's insane. And it, uh, yeah, the, the MCs are all great, man. They work perfectly with the doomy production. And I don't mean doomy in like the doom metal sense. It mm-hmm. just, I mean, the record really sounds like doom. It sounds like we're doomed. I mean, it's it's just very heavy, and uh, it's a healthy mixture of, like, noise, drone, dub. There are times where it does, as you mentioned, um, remind me a little bit of, like, uh, the Bomb Squad production, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Eric, uh, or even, like, LP's production or Octopus from Dalek. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's just crazy and so if you're into like the idea of an apocalyptic dark heavy as hell you know sort of hip-hop production but also you know like dub and all these things going on and it's just really chaotic with a bunch of really diverse special guests mcs there's a guy named flo dan who's on Mm -hmm. like three different tracks who is one of my favorites on it more mother i also have heard of more mother mm-hmm. um and uh you know but at, at the same time though this record is very dark and apocalyptic and doomy and very heavy and scary like it straight up sounds mm-hmm. scary at times it's also a blast it's mm-hmm. just yeah. so fun to listen to in a in a weird sort of way it's i mean there there are moments of kind of humor on it as well Mm -hmm. um like the um uh what's that song about ganja oh ganja baby ganja baby yeah Yeah. Uh, (laughs) which doesn't quite fit on the record no it doesn't fit it is a nice reprieve from all the seriousness (laughs) it doesn't fit on the record but i think I, i don't know if the way i interpret that is that was almost like Okay, like in real life, if you find like, let's say all this stuff is actually happening, the world's coming to an end and there's all these bombs going off and all these sirens going off and it's scary outside, you know, Mm -hmm. but you find that half an hour of peace where you can actually just sit back somewhere and light up a joint and just forget about what's going on. Like that's almost what it feels like for like, you know, one song, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if that's like part of the storyline or if that even is, yeah, I don't know either, you know, yeah. it's, uh, but it, it, that's what it feels like, you know, cause even like during like, you know, like, um, the pandemic, you know, we all found things that kept us, kept us occupied and busy and tried to, you know, remain positive, even though like the worst was happening or, you know, felt like the worst thing or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I would think, obviously, uh, you know, we haven't actually been, we haven't seen the apocalypse yet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, if that were to happen and people were still alive, you, you would think there would be 
moments, even if they're very short lived where, you know, you'd still be able to kind of get away from all of that, you know, for at least a little bit, you know, at least that's what we're used to. So maybe that's kind of what he was going for. Maybe it was just, Hey, let's just throw this song on. Could be. Yeah. Just for that randomly. I mean, who knows, but aside from all of that, yeah, it's fantastic. It's very, yeah. If you're into heavy, noisy stuff, period. And I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to list a genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, just if you're into heavy, noisy stuff. Yeah. This is, this is the album for you. Yeah. Fantastic pick, Eric. Nice. Cool. Well, um, that brings us to our local review, which um, like Dan said, is a, kind of a different one today because we're going to cover three releases at once. The reason we're covering three releases at once is because all of these came out at the same time on the same day. They're all put out by Pokies Records. That's out of Iowa City. It's run by my dear friend, Dolly. And as far as I can tell, they just started this to kind of get some stuff out that had already been recorded and also they had a new recording with a new group called PSYOP. So I think those things sort of came together with the idea of putting all these out. The other reason we're going to cover all three of them is because they're all really short. So yeah, I'll go ahead and give just sort of like quick reviews about the same amount of time that I would take for, you know, one release, one full length. And I don't know exactly which order these were recorded, but yeah, so I'll just start with super freak. Um, the, yeah, the first tape is called we be super freaking (laughs) by super freak. I think Dolly is in each of these projects and that's, that's fine because they are really different. So I don't really get the sense that this is just Dolly's own personal uh, record label for them to put their own stuff out all the time or anything like that. Um, I think this was just what they had ready to go, you know? So we be super freaking has eight songs in as many minutes. And the lineup here is Nat on vocals, Dolly on guitar, Anthony on bass and Fox on drums. The Anthony on bass is Anthony Manning, who is one of the sweetest people I've ever met, um, right up there with Dolly, just real sweethearts. Um, Nat, I don't know all that well, and John Fox and I get along just fine. I don't, I wouldn't say we know each other all that great, but this was cool. Super Freak is cool. It's a fairly, seems like fairly traditional crossover um, and hardcore uh, for the most part. But again, there's a lot of, and like I just mentioned with the bug, there's a lot of like alarming sounds in this thing. Like the guitar work on this is just like terror inducing. It gave me anxiety just hearing the noise coming from the guitar. Mm -hmm. The vocals are awesome. Uh, Just really fantastic, like brutal vocals, and but also super snotty and just really um, almost reminiscent of... um, like Atari Teenage Riot in places, just like that level of uh, aggression and snottiness. Um, the the bass and drums are locked tight, super good. I think there's uh, 
the breakdowns are heavy, but they're still aggressive. It's not like mosh parts. It just, they're just breaks. And sometimes they're even more aggressive than the main riff. As with all of these releases, this one is uh, pretty lo-fi, but I think it only adds to to all of it. I think it adds a level of urgency to the whole thing. And I just, I really enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, the next one is, the record's called Arm, I think, and the group is called Away Rots Man, which also as an acronym is ARM. So I don't know if it's ARM, self-titled or Away Rots Man, ARM. Anyway, Away Rots Man is a little more metal than the other two releases. I think that that's probably has to do with the people working on it. I don't know Ian and Alex all that well. Dolly is the vocalist and guitarist in, on this tape. But yeah, uh, more metal than the other ones. Uh, the vocals are awesome. Uh, they're super heavily distorted, like almost fuzz pedal level distortion. Because of that, it sounds a bit like Godflesh, maybe, mm-hmm. or like, you know, that that sort of level of sort of industrial metal, if that makes sense. Yeah, the levels of reverb and delay on the vocals almost push this into psych territory, but not quite, but every once in a while. And then, yeah, it gets sludgy and brutal. And like I said, it's sometimes it gets close to being like industrial metal at times, like ministry or chem lab or something, but there's no lack of like metal here either. Like there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of the breaks and a lot of the, I mean, there's sections for guitar solos. I mean, it's, it is very metal at times. So a lot of different things here. I would say if you like, I don't, I wouldn't quite say prog metal, but like kind of like traditional metal. So mm-hmm. if you like that mixed with sort of industrial things like Godflesh, there's even moments kind of like Jesu. There's some calm, mellow kind of spacey moments too. Really cool stuff. And especially fitting that, all that basically into 12 minutes, 15 minutes or less. Pretty cool. The last release is called PSYOP. This is your brain on America. This is a pretty political sort of idea this group um this tape only has four songs on it comes in at about maybe six minutes so again pretty uh short stuff uh dolly on vocals jake on drums who i've met and yeah they're super sweet too adelina and jessica on guitar and bass respectively and i don't think i know them but psyop i really i really like it this one is a slightly higher fidelity than the other releases. And I don't know if that's on purpose or just getting used to um, the recording process or equipment. I don't know. It, it still is super punk and super noisy, but it just has a little bit higher fidelity. Of the three, this is the closest one to like classic hardcore, I think. Kind of think like ill repute, um, negative approach, just things like that. Uh, just kind of classic hardcore the performances in general are awesome uh, that it's super tight but also kind of on the edge of being out of control and that doesn't i'm not saying that in a way that it should sound like i'm saying they're playing loosely it's more just like they're playing with full on commitment and aggression and you can hear it it does have a sense of urgency and anger that comes right off the tape 
I mean, you can just feel it. And I definitely love the long outro on the song Secretary of Defense. It, If PSYOP continues to do things, maybe that's sort of a hint of, of things they'll explore too. So altogether, I think this is a super strong showing from Pokey's Records to release all these at once, let your mission statement speak for itself, let it be known, and just let people know that this is the sort of thing that's going to be coming out. And I hope that more groups um, will get picked up by them and put out. And yeah, congrats to Dolly on putting all this together. I think it's amazing. So what do you think, Dan? Yeah. um, First and foremost, I just got to say that I thoroughly enjoyed I mean, like had a blast listening to all three of these releases. Mm-hmm. So the first one that I, I, I'm going to review them in the order that I listened to them. Okay. So the first one and it, this is also the order that they're listed on the Bandcamp page as well. Okay. So the first one is Away Rots Man, Arm. Yeah, this is just very well executed, noisy, thrashy, punky metal. It reminds me in parts of like anthrax at times, hmm. like the guitar work at, at times, but I definitely see the industrial element that you're speaking of. Hmm. There's definitely like parts where I hear like God flesh and mm-hmm. I hear, you know, uh, groups like that. Uh, but then there's also some slowed down sludgy parts that put me in mind of Melvin's or even like, when Napalm Death kind of got away from grindcore for a little bit, mm. like in the 90s and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I mean, it's it's awesomely well executed lo-fi metal. Like definitely I agree with you. It's definitely the most metal of the three releases. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, there were times where the vocals, th- this might sound kind of weird, uh, reminded me of like David Yao playing over like a metal band. And I love that. It's, I also hear some like noisy stuff, like unsane at times, or even Mm kind of like a helmet thing. I don't think some of this stuff would sound out of place on like amphetamine reptile, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Early today is the day or something like that Mm. as well. But yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said about it. I think this is fantastic. And I think that the low finest of it just adds to it. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, I think it's exactly the way that it should be. Um, I love the track Broken Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next one is PSYOP. This is your brain on America. And as you said, Eric, I don't really have too much to add because I agree with everything you said. I think that this is definitely the um, most non-lo-fi of the recordings. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really, really tight great distorted bass, great tempo, and just straight up hardcore punk. This, Mm -hmm. this reminds me a lot of the faith void split that we reviewed. Oh yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. on the earlier episode and just really great stuff. And you mentioned secretary of state, my -hmm. favorite track hands down. And it's because of what you mentioned. I, yeah, it was, it was just a really, really, really great release. And then the last one, super freak, we be super freaking, I mean, (laughs) out of all of them, that, the the titles are all great mm-hmm. uh but i mean this is you know my favorite title out of all of them but also this is your brain on america is pretty pretty tight mm-hmm. and i do like the name psyop as as a way rots man as well 
yeah, this is some more straight up hardcore punk, really fast, really short songs, really tight. I would say that this this is a little bit weirder than PSYOP. And I think mm-hmm. for exactly those reasons you mentioned, Derek, there's some really awesome, gnarly sci-fi psychedelic noises mm-hmm. that makes it almost border on psychedelic punk. But it doesn't quite get there. It's uh, the vocals on this. I love mm-hmm. this is just um as you said, this is just a great first impression of Pokey's records. It gets me excited to hear things from the future. Um, but I'm always excited to go to the future. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, as long as I can come back to the present, I'm good. As so, long as I don't have to live in a blood building. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to think more about that blood building thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it might be more appealing than i initially thought <laughs> i think if we can do it here on the earth i think it would be um it would be a useful uh thing to pursue yeah so, yeah that's what you need to write <laughs> your senators and your your congressmen about bring more blood, blood buildings back to earth damn yes. it <laughs> build them here we got plenty of human blood here. Why don't we just do it here? <laughs> Build the blood wall. Oh my God. <laughs> so I I heard that there are these things called shows and that yeah. they still exist. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, shows. So this is a new thing we're going to try. And I wish we had a more um, <clears throat> active week to start this on, but. That's okay. So we're just going to talk about some stuff that you could go see in the Iowa area this week, this weekend, pretty much anytime before next Thursday, when we tell you all about all the new stuff you can see after that. But for this week, yeah, there's a couple things happening. A group called Thigh Master, who looks to be maybe like a jazzercise <laughs> pop, uh, I would have soon maybe synth pop um i don't know what a great band name too yeah they had a lot of neon on it looked really fun the opener for that show is sun shrine um whom i also don't know unfortunately um sun shrine i can actually um, okay add some insight into that sun shrine is one of the many projects that features jeremy anderson from condor and jaybird oh and also i believe and i could be wrong about this because, uh, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I always preface a lot of things that I say, particularly on this podcast with that. I could be wrong about this. <laughs> um, but I do think that Bryson, the drummer of Condor and Jaybird, is in that as well. Awesome. Well, that, he was yeah, he was cool. when I saw them last, but then I saw them another time, I think, with a different drummer. So, oh, so Sunshine featuring mystery members <laughs> mystery members that yeah. are most likely in condor and jay Bertles. <laughs> yeah but that's happening friday the 24th at Roz talks in rock island um and as far as like what time things start and how much they cost and what their requirements for masks and vaxes and stuff like that i don't know you guys can look at the their websites and stuff to find all that out. Otherwise this would take all day. So we're just kind of <laughs> going to give you the, the, the outline of what's happening. So Thigh Master, Sunshine, Friday night, Roz Talks. Also that night, 
Thelma and the Sleaze and Liam Kazar. But then Karen Meat, who I just recently hmm. had the pleasure of seeing them at Gray Area. And that will be Friday night again, the 24th at the Gas Lamp in Des Moines. And then on Monday, uh, the 27th, this is happening at the Gas Lamp 2 in Des Moines. I don't know if there's local openers or not, but uh, the classic uh, punk, skate punk, hardcore group, Agent Orange is going to be playing. So I hope that there's some local openers for that. It would make a lot more sense to have some people open that show. Mm -hmm. But um, so that'll be happening on the 27th Monday. And that's all I was really able to find. And I did ask the internet for suggestions about shows coming up um, and didn't receive a ton of responses, at least for this week. So there are a lot of things coming up next week. So you probably should tune in to find out about all those things. And yeah, there's also next week on this show, we're going to be interviewing Cal and Claire from the band Dryad. <gasps> oh my God. I know. And also that's going to uh, be super exciting. I think so. Claire does uh, some cool solo stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Cal also does Grim Tooth's uh, underground metal tape distribution. So that's oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Super cool too. And so we're going to talk to them about all those things, and that should be pretty fun. That is so. going to be a blast. Yeah, I, think I so. will be. I uh, I've met. I'm not sure if I've met any of the other members of dryad but i did talk to claire a couple of Mm -hmm. times and uh claire uh is a wonderful human being from the uh two impressions two or three maybe five maybe ten maybe only one (laughs) i don't remember how many times uh maybe that's a the first question i'll ask her how many times have i actually talked to you (laughs) yeah how many times have we met claire (laughs) but you don't take um, any personal responsibility i will personal accounting in your life just do i ever um (laughs) i mean that's no fun yeah no dryad is something to be witnessed live too oh yeah that was uh i remember that was a really really good Really, really good set that I thoroughly enjoyed. So I'll be looking forward to chatting nice. with them next week. Yeah, for sure. Well, so uh, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know, um, like Dan said, if there's anything you want us to review, talk about. Mm-hmm. If you have shows coming up, releases coming up, um, you want to be interviewed, uh, yeah. whatever, let us know. Or you can think of someone we should interview, an Iowa artist, musician, yeah, whatever. Also, if you have any bad albums you would yeah. like us to read or albums you think that we would dislike, let us know. We yeah. kind of had this idea that we kind of wanted to actually like purposely review albums. I just, I think we both kind of decided this would be kind of fun. Albums that we think that we're going to dislike and see if we actually dislike them. Right. I think we should call that the uh, mutual assured destruction episode. <laughs> yeah. Like I might be getting bombed, Dude. but you're getting blown up too. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take you all with me. Yeah. So if uh, I, <laughs> I don't, Oh man, that's going to be hard. I usually try to stay so positive. <laughs> 
But if you can think of something you really think we'll hate, let us know. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been real. And thank you for listening. It has been um, a week. Yeah. And uh, if you want to um, hurry up the uh, construction. Yeah. That the construction is the right word of those blood buildings on earth. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Write your senators. Actually, you could probably just send them a vial of blood and say, <laughs> please add this to the, the, the collection for the bricks. I just heard write that. Buildings. Just write that. Nothing else. All right, folks. So oh we're God. done being professional for the week. Okay. <laughs> you guys uh, took a lot out of us to be so professional. It really did. It really did. Have a good week. Bye, y'all. Strapping into the astronaut, sucker. <laughs> <laughs>